0: Posse, Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to an episode of Packers, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. When this comes out, it'll be Friday, but right now it's Thursday, and so I'm waiting to drink just 24 hours more. Grossy! And today, we have, oh, oh we have some special guests here on the show. They are the hosts, the creators, the architects of of the greatest name podcast in the history of podcasts. And we have Maggie Loney and Perry Goldstein, the creators of PAX What She Said. Thank you so much for coming on, you both. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, this is fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And was that intro okay? I don't know if I added enough flair. I can go back and I can roll some (laughs) R's maybe. I I just wanted to see if that was okay. It was solid. You talked
2: so fast. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, It's a New York thing. It is a New
0: York thing. It's a problem. It's 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 interesting because like when I teach too, I feel like everyone's just so acclimated to it. But like when I do go out to like Wisconsin, I'm like, okay, Tom, slow it down, slow it down just like a tiny (laughs) bit because, yeah, we we talk very, very fast. I apologize. I'll go to one point five (laughs) speed. Thank you. I appreciate it. I got you. So. Thank you again for coming on, and we're here to talk all about the Packers, and I think the first thing that I have to ask you, so with your wildly successful podcast, now that you have jumped into the fray that is the Packers Twitterverse, after the draft, people were um, a little upset, just just a smidge, just a smidge perturbed. And I want to know, kind of getting your takes on how you were feeling post-draft about the Green Bay Packers team, about the draft itself, and if you were expecting what unfolded, or were you kind of taken aback like a good amount of people?
1: Yeah, so I know that you were kind of in the same situation that we were. We were both on the He Said TV live draft party Mm -hmm. um, when everything happened, and Perry has a very fun reaction that is on camera forever now. Um, but I think I was more surprised than she was as far as the direction that they were going to go. It, it made sense to me then, and it still makes sense to me now, but the fact that we've been talking about it for multiple years at this point um, didn't take the shock away when it did actually finally happen and the Packers didn't take a quarterback round
2: one. Yeah. I, um I think I was less surprised. I had like very much, mentally prepared myself for it and actually Jordan Love was the pick I was like if we're going to take a quarterback I hope that it's him um because I just I like the skills that he has I mean I'd say it was so surprising um and I think as the draft unfolded it was I was definitely a little puzzled but more so like okay this is what they decided to do now let's figure out like where this is gonna go you know like how how the team's And the offense and everything is going to unfold under this because as fans, like, I can't change their picks. It happened. So I might as well just try to, like, understand it, where it's going. And Maggie and I, we say this a lot, but we're very um, optimistic fans. So we like to always look at sort of the positive side of things rather than just being all doom and gloom. The Packers didn't take a wide receiver. Boo, boo, boo. So. I think we've, we've done a good amount of dissecting and are actually pretty excited about the path that the team's going down with, with A.J. Dillon and Josiah DeGuara. And I don't know. I mean, Jordan Love could be the next franchise quarterback. Who knows?
0: Yeah. And, and I think it's fascinating because, like, night one happened. And, and like you said, you know, if it was going to be a quarterback, I would have preferred Jordan Love as well. Cause I was like, okay, you know, he's the, cause he was the guy that when you watched his tape. You're like, he just needs to sit behind somebody who's really good at throwing the ball. And Aaron Rodgers is that guy. Like he got everything that he could have ever wanted and more. But I found that, you know, as time went on, cause the first night I was like, it's okay. It's all right. We got, we got plenty of rounds left. And then they go running back and then they go tight end. And then the fifth round, like they finally go inside linebacker and you're like, okay, there we go. And As time goes on, though, and and people are still upset about this pick, I find that it's not necessarily upset that it's Jordan Love. I think it's the fact that whatever quarterback was selected there, it's more a reflection on how the fan base feels about Aaron Rodgers. So I'm kind of like curious on what your take is. Do you think it's more of like we are have grown so attached to our franchise QB and Aaron Rodgers that the thought of him leaving and putting like a definitive time on that, you know, whether it's two to four years, I, I think that that upset people the most.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, nobody wants to think about life past Rodgers because the chances that we get another great are very slim I mean we got very lucky going from Far to Rogers. that doesn't happen to too many franchises and the chance that we get a third even though I'm hopeful is again slim so I just think the I mean it's it's the same for me I mean Aaron Rodgers is my phone background like I love the man so much <laughs> that the idea of not watching him every Sunday like it makes me sad and I think coming to terms with the fact that he is 37 years old, and like he says, you know, on the back nine of his career, it's just a really hard thing to wrap your mind around as a fan.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really hard, too, when you think about, you know, what, how everything ended with Favre, and he made football fun again in Green Bay, and he took the Packers out of, you know, this slump that they had experienced through the 70s and 80s. He made free agents want to come to Green Bay. So everything that he did, the way that his time ended in Green Bay I think that fans are now kind of afraid that that same thing will happen with Rodgers especially if it unfolds the same way where it happens to be a division rival so I know that now with the way that contracts are structured we're seeing quarterbacks especially this offseason with Tom Brady and Philip Rivers people are moving around now more than they ever have and it's becoming harder and harder to play your entire career with one franchise but The way that it ended with Favre, I think, makes people especially anxious about how everything could go down with Rodgers.
0: Yeah. And I think that when you look at it from that perspective, like because that's the fan perspective, right, in which we're like, nope, like Aaron Rodgers, he still has X amount of years left. We're fine. We don't want to think about it. The guy is still playing great football you know, and and he hasn't really lost a ton of steps. Maybe he was a little bit less accurate last year, but like the guy can still make, you know, one in a million throws. But you look at it from the perspective of like, there is a very real chance that Aaron Rodgers is not playing on the Packers, you know, two to four years from now. And I think like that, Really rubbed people the wrong way. And so regardless of who was going to get picked there, you know, that was going to lead to problems. But I will say that I do disagree with the narrative of saying that this was a draft that is not going to help the 2020 Green Bay Packers. And I was listening to your episode 20. And talking about how you are on the page of like, you know, this is going to be kind of like a, a trans, you know, transformation, if you will, for like a team in which you will have a more balanced team, you'll be a more run heavy team, you know, with Dylan and Jones and maybe Williams. I'm curious of kind of like how that's going to impact your expectations for this year. Looking at this team, you know, Aaron Rodgers might not put up godly stats, but he doesn't need to. So kind of where are your heads at when it comes to what your expectations are for maybe Aaron Rodgers this season or the Packers as a whole?
1: Yeah, we kind of just talked about this in our last episode. And what we agreed upon the most was that, you know, we played a game called progression or regression, and we were trying to figure out if the players would have better or worse stats in 2020 than they did in 2019. And for most of the players, we felt like we were cheating because we said even if their stat line regresses, it's not necessarily the offense or defense as a whole that's progressing. So, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is going into this self-proclaimed back nine of his career, we don't want him to have to carry the entire load that he's carried for his entire career in Green Bay. So if you look at a more balanced offense, giving him some more protection, bringing back Mercedes Lewis and drafting a tight end that can block. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think the Packers will do in 2020. So even if their overall record doesn't look as good as 13 and three because that's really hard to do we both you know agreed that it's very likely that this will be a better Packers team in 2020.
2: Yeah and I kind of have two thoughts on this first is you know we as Packers fans for so long like hemmed and hawed about how Aaron Rodgers has to be Superman and that's the only reason why he wins and it's it's because he just pulls out all this magic and now we're mad that <laughs> we drafted a running back, you know, that can power through in cold weather. And, um, you know, that we're that we're looking to, you know, go towards that more like power run heavy scheme. And that's literally what you do when you want to preserve an older quarterback. And like you said earlier, Aaron Rodgers can still make those throws, but he doesn't need to be Superman anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's something we used to complain about. And now we're complaining about this. So Um, I think it's a little bit of uh, you you can't make everybody happy all the time, but I think I'm most looking forward to like the year two of Matt LaFleur because last year was definitely sort of that transition. There was so a lot of McCarthy left in the offense and, you know, they brought in LaFleur to really change the team and and to go down, you know, his own vision. Um, And he has even said that he has so many plays and so many ideas that, he didn't even really get to get to and I'm really looking forward to seeing how the pieces that he picked will fit into that vision um as a whole and going towards more of that a hundred percent LeFleur um offense because that's why they brought him in, right? That's why we moved on from McCarthy because yeah. it wasn't working anymore. And they brought in someone that they think they can they can work with and they can win with. And obviously we did a lot of winning last year, so I expect that to continue.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, with LaFleur coming in too, like I mean, for me as a Packer fan, I was shocked the fact that we went 13-3 and and made it to the NFC Championship. Because like you said, we're always optimistic. We're hopeful, right? Like, it's not doom and gloom around here. But the fact that we did that, like, that's why, you know, when we lost in the NFC Championship game it wasn't as crushing as some other losses in previous years. Cause I was like, you know, I, I kind of just happy that we got invited to the dance because at that point, like it felt like we were playing with house money because like we had a first year head coach coming in with Nathaniel Hackett, you know, brand spanking new offense. And like, let's see what could happen. A very young offense, uh, besides Aaron Rodgers, And, you looked at it and you're like, okay, yeah, this is this is pretty damn good. Like, we got one game away from the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, you have to be, like, satisfied with that. Of course you want to win a Super Bowl. But, like, how did you feel, like, post-49ers NFC Championship game where you're like, okay, like, that was awful. You know, are we we're so far away from the 49ers? Or are you kind of like, okay, this was year one. Let's see what they can do in year two.
2: I think I was mixed emotions. Like, I was a little bit of both. So, like, the immediate reaction was, obviously, that was very hard to watch. Sure. Um, yeah. And I may have shed some tears on the walk home. <laughs> but after, you know, the original, you know, the initial disappointment, I guess, of, of not making to the Super Bowl sort of subsided, it is that feeling like, wow, we just did a lot in the first year of an, off- of an offense and new head coach and everyone doubted us except for James Jones. And, um, and, you know, I was definitely, um, I guess proud and excited for this season. And I mean, it definitely was a fun season to watch it, mm-hmm. the team and the camaraderie and the locker room and the culture changed and it, it seemed like they had a lot of fun. So of course we want to see our te- team go to the Super Bowl, but exactly like you said, it was, it was hard to be um, so down about it when the expectations were lower and we completely blew it, blew it out of the water.
1: Yeah, I think it was hard to have expectations going into this season just because of all the things everybody already mentioned where new head coach, first time you've had a new coach in, in an exceptionally long time. You have a quarterback learning a new scheme for the first time in his career. You have all these big free agent signings that are coming in and overhauling the defense. But it was all pieces that I think will make an a bigger impact going into year two. So like you said, we were kind of playing with with house money going into the NFC Championship game. And I know that the Packers had that reputation as, like, they were the fraudulent 13-3 and team because they happened to win close games. But at the end of the day, they were still winning. And I think that they put enough together in year one that with everything that they've done in the offseason, even though they weren't the moves people are expecting them to make, I think it'll do enough to still propel them forward as they pick up the offense further As some of the younger guys develop, like Kingsley Kiki, we're excited about. Jay Sternberger gets a real shot at tight end one. So I think, you know, with those thoughts in mind, 2020 and hopefully the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career are set up to be really excited, assuming all goes according to plan with the way LaFleur is building his team.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, kind of what was mentioned before about we have been so used to the Superman Aaron Rodgers. Like, you look at 2016 and the the run-the-table season, like, you look at that and as a fan, like, it is exciting. It's thrilling. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe my team is doing this. But if you take a step back, you're like, it's literally Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's 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 him who is saying, okay, guys, like, I'm going to go out and win this game again. And he, and he does it, you know, and he does it with not a ton to work with. I remember, I think it was the the last game against the Lions, like Ripkowski came out of nowhere and like had a great first half because like we we barely had a running back. We had Ty Montgomery. And like I it was one of those things that, you know, we we ran on this run and it was great and it was wonderful. And then we got blown out in the NFC championship game. And you're like, okay, but like we need to build a team around them because you looked at a team like the Eagles and the Vikings, like when they were competing in the NFC championship game and thankfully the Vikings lost, but they were competing <laughs> with backup quarterbacks. <laughs> And and you look at that and you're like, wait a minute, they're doing it with backups and we're doing it with one of the best quarterbacks in the league because they have built a strong defense, a strong running game. They built a team around the QB that, you know, if Mm -hmm. we did that, our lives would be significantly better. And I think that that's what we're starting to move towards.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, everybody talks about wasting Aaron Rodgers' prime and he has to get at least one more ring before he retires. And then you see Drew Brees and Phillip rivers and, there's plenty of talented quarterbacks who have never made it to the big band, let alone won a ring. So I think what fans need to remember, and it's, I know it's hard in Green Bay because it's title town for a reason. There's a history of winning, but making it to the playoffs is really hard. I don't think people understand that mm-hmm. every year you're either getting worse or better, unless you're like the Jaguars and then you're just kind of
0: neutral. <laughs> Perpetually. <entirely. bad. laughs>
1: but, you know, there's, there's this level of, making it to the playoffs for the extended period of time that the Packers did was significant. So it's frustrating as it was for a Packers fan to not get another Super Bowl out of that. Like we all understand that, but you know, at least you were in it every single season. And I think now with Matt LaFleur coming in, the Packers are going to be in that conversation again where you can expect them to be in it with these new pieces. Mm-hmm. I talk
2: about this all the time because it's so frustrating that you know the Patriots dynasty if you want to call it has really skewed I Mm -hmm. think the average fan's view of how easy or difficult it is to win a ring and like people forget that like that's the anomaly not the norm Mm -hmm. and it's very 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 hard to win a Super Bowl especially in the NFC I think traditionally the last few years I personally think the NFC has just been a harder uh, um, conference to be in than the AFC and so you know Aaron Rodgers has won one like Maggie just said Drew Brees has won one have Drew Brees and Sean Payton wasted Drew Brees career you know like no they 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 brought a championship home and that is incredibly difficult and every year as a fan I am lucky and I can trust that the Packers are always going to be contenders and that the chance that we do win one is always there and that's so much more than other teams can say I mean especially being in New York like yeah. I wouldn't want to be a Jets fan. Oh, God, you know, no. like oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, we're very lucky and very blessed to have had, you know, contending teams every year and have been able to watch some of the best football, you know, ever with Aaron Rodgers. And I think we do we have a shot to win another ring with him? Absolutely. We've all we always do. Um, but you kinda have to like reframe it like the Patriots winning six rings is not the norm, and it's not that easy.
0: Yeah, and I think it, that's literally exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> the, the, I hate that literally Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have ruined fan expectations because it, it went from oh man, like we won one, that's great, and then, like you said, like we just, if you just get to the dance, like meeting the playoffs, like it's anybody's game, right? Like we did it as a six seed, anybody can win it from there, but with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, like it wasn't just them. Look at the team that Brady has had around him, right? Look at the defenses and look at the defenses that Aaron Rodgers is having. I don't want to get into a whole like, oh, who's better? Whatever. I don't care about that. But the idea is like, it is a, a team effort. And for a long time, you know, Aaron Rodgers was kind of lacking a team around him, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that now, you know, coming into this season where you're starting to see this shift, I think it's just, it's different, right? It's changed. It might not necessarily be good or bad, but it's different. And fans you know, it's 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 hard to contend with.
1: You know, we always talk about Packers fans being
0: spoiled, and I know some people call them entitled. town,
1: and it, there's like so many negative
0: connotations
1: when you think about. Yes, the Packers have had this long sustained history of success, and are Packers fans spoiled by that? But you know, I think that when you're in it, you still have to try and find a way to appreciate it because, like Perry said earlier, you hope, of course, that Jordan Love brings you 15 more years of of Fame quarterback play because that would just be absolutely unheard of to have 45 years of that type of, you know, legacy in Green Bay at the quarterback position. But if it's not, well, you know, at least like she said, you can, you can rely on the fact that you should be in the conversation to make the playoffs and make a run for at least the
2: foreseeable future.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I would love to see Aaron win another ring. Mm-hmm. I would love to see the Packers win another ring, that means nothing would make me happier, but I'll never – I think I just try to appreciate the time that we have no matter what, and I think yeah. that's what gets me through like NFC Championship games multiple that we have lost in sad fashion. Oh, yes. I just remember that like I could root for a team that doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, and, <laughs> and that would be
0: worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean like we talk about you know teams that go through playoff. Like look at the Lions – Right. Like they, they sit there and, you know, or even at this point, you know, I, I know we can't feel like that much sympathy for them, but look at the Bears. Like they're fighting right now, of like who's going to be their starting quarterback. And we have been set at that position for like two decades. Like that is a very rare gift that we have been given. And, you know, it's w- without much drop off. And I think we definitely have to appreciate that uh, a bit. Live it for the moment a little bit.
1: I was just going to say that with Russ Ball, too, he's always kept the Packers. In manageable situations to look out for the team as a whole. And I know that Aaron Rodgers got a massive contract and Kenny Clark is due a massive contract. And if they want to keep David Bacciari, like they're going to have to make some tough decisions as a team. But at least the Packers are constantly mortgaging the future and the present. Whereas mm-hmm. you have teams like the Rams who go all in for a couple seasons, make it to the Super Bowl, lose the Super Bowl, and now they might be out of contention again for a couple of years because yep. their salary cap just. You know, is tanked. So that is also something that I think the Packers are
0: really good at long term. A hundred percent. Because you also look at it too. Like you know, you could bash Ted Thompson and his you know unwillingness to go into free agency, but then you look at the other like half of the coin, the teams that do do that and they're unsuccessful. You know, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, you look at like the Broncos, right? The Broncos, they invest everything in Peyton Manning. They bring all these defensive guys in and they do it. They win a ring and then they're out of contention for a few years. You know, they go through a QB scramble for a few years and now they've settled on Drew Locke potentially. And it's just it, it's one of those things that to have consistency in the NFL is a very difficult thing to have. And and we've had it for yeah quite some time. Coveted almost. (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, I won't let that go. (laughs) So that being said, you know, coming into this year is unprecedented times as the commercials keep telling me. And, you know, with COVID coming in, you know, one of those things that, is, is not talked about a lot. Yeah, we might not have a season or it might not be without fans, what have you. But specifically for the Packers, considering how many impending free agents they have, with like David Bakhtiari, Kevin King, Clark, uh, Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, all these guys, pretty big names that are going to be free agents next year. And you look at how you know COVID could impact the cap, You know, talking about even if we had a perfect season, where everything went off without a hitch, we would still have to make those difficult decisions. So I'm curious kind of just to get your takes on it and please tell me there's gonna be football about like how you think that either one, it's gonna impact the NFL or more specifically the Packers and their future decisions when it comes to players.
1: I mean, I think the the biggest question mark right now with everything so up in the air is what happens to a lot of these contracts. And if, you know, like you said, we're all hoping for an NFL and, you know, I think we all need the season as a distraction. But, you know, if, if you signed a one-year deal to go play for someone and then the year doesn't happen, mm-hmm. you know, does that roll in next season? Like, what does that look like for all the draft picks? And then the players that come in next season, are they all on the same playing field? So, it, you know, it is interesting for guys, like, especially, you know, Kevin King, who we just talked about this on our show, but he finally gets healthy. Mm-hmm. He puts up some really impressive stats. And then if he doesn't have another opportunity to prove that maybe that's his normal you know, what are people expecting to get out of him when he had two injury seasons and then his last season was his best. So I do think that's really interesting. And then the dynamic of a player like Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, we talk about his, his window is closing to get back to the Super Bowl and you lose a year where he's saying he's healthy, he's ready to go, he's more fired up than he's ever been. And It, it is really interesting to think about like what a loss NFL season would look like or what these extended rosters would look like if you know like how does that change the sportsmanship of the game if a player like Aaron Rodgers has to quarantine for two weeks
2: Mm -hmm. you know
1: like it just doesn't make sense
2: yeah that's a great yeah I think there there are just so many variables (laughs) that haven't been sorted out by the NFL yet and it's kind of a problem like I've been I I follow Randall Cobb on Twitter and he's been (laughs) tweeting a lot about like hey NFL like what's going on Mm -hmm. with your rules in camp and are you gonna let you know are you gonna make us take our temperature and just like all these questions that players have that aren't getting answered that I think like not just players need answers for but fans do too and they're focusing on like NFL season ticket holders but like what I'm focusing on is like are these guys gonna be safe Mm -hmm. like are they gonna make this safe and like football is it's not it's not like baseball where like, I think there can be some level of distance in playing. Whereas like, this is like, you are on (laughs) top of each other. You are spitting on each other. You are (laughs) sweating. on. Like this is like a contact sport where I think this disease could really run rampant. And I think a lot of like what Maggie said, I think about is like, you could be at a serious disadvantage if your franchise quarterback is not hurt, but is sick and can't play for two weeks. Like, two games in the NFL out of 16 is Mm -hmm. a lot to lose a player. Um, And I just, I really would like to see the the league sort of come up with like parameters around this. Like if we are going to move forward, what does it look like for players contracts? If we lose a season, like does it just jump over or do they run out? You know, like these are things that just like haven't been answered yet.
0: Yeah, no, and I, and I think the problem is, too, like, I'm sure they're trying to figure out answers, but, like, we are at such a, like, it's going away. It's back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that we have no idea what the country's going to look like in two months, let alone two weeks. So I think it's one of those two that's incredibly difficult to plan for. And on top of that, you bring up great points. Like, you have an Aaron Rodgers or a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes or a Russell, you know, like, these, like, franchise QBs or star players. It doesn't even have to be, Q, like, quarterbacks. And if they get sick, like you're putting them at jeopardy, not just for a couple of weeks, but like, you know, if they have like complications with their lungs and that impacts the rest of their career, you know, it's one of those mm-hmm. things that we want that insert, like, yes, there's going to be football, but at the same time, like, you know, it's, it's, it's essentially like looking at the Packers short-term versus like long-term. Yeah. it will be great to watch football, but we also want to make sure that those players are playing in the long-term as well. And, you know, it's, it's scary not to know those answers.
2: Oh, 100%. And I would honestly, and I mean, people might disagree with me here, I'd rather forego one season yeah. for people okay. to be healthy and just get back to, you know, a, a more normal NFL season next season than, God forbid, a player get incredibly sick mm-hmm. and, and be ill and have it impact the rest of their lives. I mean, I'm sure there are guys out there that are immunocompromised, you know, or have family members that are. And I would hate to see a sport that yes, I love it, and I would be so unbelievably sad to not have a football season. But I would hate to see that have a, such a drastic and potentially fatal impact on guys. They don't need they don't need to put their lives on the
0: line like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they already do. I mean, they like we already do. Like you know what I mean. So like we, yeah. you guys don't need to go a step further. Like you already risk your physical well being. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, no, I I absolutely hear you with that. We we hope for the best. We we remain cautiously optimistic. <laughs> so yeah, I, I wanna I wanna I wanna let you go, and I, I wanna thank you both for coming on. But before you go, uh, if you can, please tell the people. A little bit about Pax, what she said, kind of how you two are doing podcasts differently. Because I will say, listening to your show, the, the chemistry that you both have, and making it fun, and you know, getting the the fans to interact with like the games you're playing, like you can keep track at home, kind of stuff. Like I, I love that, and it brings some kind of nuance to podcasting in a world that everybody and their mother has a podcast. So if if you <laughs> can, kind of just like you know, give your synopsis of, of what you guys are doing and, and how you're kind of changing the game.
2: I It's interesting because like Maggie and I sort of got paired together um, and it just turned into this like really lovely friendship that I think translates onto our podcast as well. Um, we're like very in sync and very on the same page. Sometimes on the podcast we're like, can you just disagree with me for once So this is more interesting? <laughs> um, but we were very... Um, you know very focused on i think two things one a love for the packers but also bringing different voices to the sports world and you know we bring on guests and we like our guests to be women because we are a women you know led podcast and um we very much kind of think about and appreciate um amplifying women vo- women's voices in sports um and so i think that sort of stemmed, that started at the beginning. Um, it's where the name stems from, um, which Maggie thought of, so you can give her all the credit. And, uh, you know, and it just kind of has translated into, you know, what we're building now going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny that we, like Terry said, it was kind of like a happy accident where uh, we both were approached by She Said TV and they said, Hey, we have a platform, we want to have another podcast. We want to help amplify female voices. Are you interested? And here's who you'd be working with. And it took all of like five seconds on a Skype call for us to realize that <laughs> this was something that was gonna be super easy for us to do every week and something that we would look forward to. So yeah, we're, we're 20 shows in already, which is pretty insane to us. We started in February um Perry's obviously in New York and I'm in Wisconsin so that makes things a little bit different too because I have the like absolute Homer I'm two hours from Green Bay perspective and then she has the out-of-state fan perspective but yeah I mean it's it's been a blast and you know we do have uh we had Rachel Hotmeyer on who's with NBC26 we had Melissa Jacobs from the football girl come on um we'd love to of course have you on sometime we have a lot of cool guests lined up but yeah, just kind of watching it grow. And it's already kind of taken off more than we were expecting it to. Not that we, you know, wanted to sell ourselves short, but in the the short time that we've been doing this, it's just been a lot of fun to be able to drink a beer, (laughs) talk about football.
0: (laughs) Yeah. and, And honestly, I mean, we're in an industry, like especially any sport really that is dominated by men. Right. Like it is. Uh, I, I, Perry, if I'm not mistaken, I think you like tweeted out something. Maybe it was last week, two weeks ago. I apologize for not having the exact date that I was talking about kind of like how women are perceived in sports and, you know, how there's kind of like this gap in which, you know, you think that when women are talking about sports, either it needs to be dumbed down. Or the second thing is that it's just used to attract men. And, you know, that's one of those things, you know, that kind of just needs to go away. And I think that what you two are doing is helping break that stigma and is kind of not only, you know, creating your own platform, but is also giving a platform to other women creators and other women involved in sports, which I think is beyond necessary at this point. And uh, congratulations on the success that you've found thus far, and I wish you all the luck in the future, too. That
1: is so nice. Thank you so much. Yeah,
2: thank you so much. Of course. (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) Of
0: course. So please tell the people more, and I'll shut up now, please tell the people where they can find you, all the social media things, where they can go listen to the podcast, etc.
2: So um, you can follow us individually. Um, I'm Perry underscore Goldstein on Twitter. It's Maggie J. Loney. Um, but you can also follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter. Um, that's where, you know, obviously we tweet out all the news and things. Um, the podcast is on Cheesehead TV's site, but it's also on all podcast streaming services. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. Um, so it's fairly accessible, easy to download. Um, it's never more than what, Mag, like 50 minutes. So, you know, I. I would say you listen listen to it on your commute to work, but that's not a thing anymore. So um, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh and um yeah, we we have a lot of kind of exciting things coming down the pipeline and you know, in the drought that is NFL news right now, we
0: hope that it's uh at least entertaining. Excellent. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I
1: am i said it any better. So
0: <laughs> perfect. Well, I, again I thank you both for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time.
2: Yeah, thank so you much. so much for having us. This is super
0: fun. So go check out Maggie and Perry and the wonderful things that they're doing over on PAX What She Said. You can always find me at TomGrossyComedy.com or at Tom Comedy on all the social media. See down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and, of course, the YouTubes. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash Comedy and the YouTube members. We'll be streaming tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, so get your tushies over there, and we'll have a good time. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassi, and as always, <laughs> go Pack Go.